So welcome everybody, it's great to be with you. Uh, wherever you are today, whatever city you're in, whatever town, whatever village, whatever country you're in, so glad to be with you today. And a warm welcome to our Kingsgate Church family, those of you in Peterborough, in Cambridge, in Leicester, in London, it's so good to be with you. And also if it's your first time today at a Kingsgate service, you are particularly welcome. Today we're starting a, a new series that we've entitled Jesus Is. And I have to say I feel really a strong sense of anticipation about what I believe God is going to do amongst us as a church family in these next few weeks. You know, I, I can't think of anyone I would more rather spend my time thinking about getting to know than Jesus. H.G. Uh, Wells, who many of you will have heard of, English novelist, journalist, sociologist, historian, best known probably for his science fiction writing, like The War of the Worlds. He, he said this about Jesus. He said, I'm an historian, I'm not a believer, but I must confess that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very centre of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. You know, Jesus has had a huge influence on our lives today here in the UK. His teaching has been the foundation of many of our laws. Uh, it's been influential in the establishment of huge institutions like schools, hospitals, and even charities. But actually, what gives me my sense of anticipation is not really so much from the past, but what Jesus can do today. You know, Jesus is still in the transforming lives business. And over the next few weeks, as we look at these I am statements of Jesus, we're going to see how he unpacks who he is and who he wants to be to you and to me. And I particularly believe in this season that what God is going to do amongst us is give us a, a new sense of perspective. And often what we actually need is not so much a change of circumstances, although, to be honest, like many of you, I am really praying and looking forward to the end of this, this lockdown season that we're in. But actually, I believe Jesus can help us change perspective in such a way that we can not just survive this season, but actually thrive in it. You know, a change of perspective can change everything. As you can see, I'm a, I'm a glasses wearer. And uh, I can still remember how as a, a child I was uh, diagnosed with needing glasses. But I have to say, I didn't wear them during my teenage years, primarily because the glasses that I was given seemed to have been designed by someone who was really aiming to humiliate teenagers. So that actually meant for me in my teenage years, I spent most of my time at school sort of squinting at the blackboard. Yes, I am, I am that old. And trying to work out what on earth was, was going on over there. Until in my early 20s, when I finally humbled myself, I went back to the opticians, I got my eyes tested, and I got a brand new pair of glasses. Oh, oh what a glorious day when I stepped out with my new glasses. And I, I can still actually remember that feeling of being able to see trees with leaves on them rather than some blurry thing in the distance, uh, being able to make out hills and flowers. It was like everything, in a sense, changed in me, for me in that moment. I had a new perspective on life. I didn't have to squint anymore, and actually I could see things clearer. And I believe that's what God wants to do amongst us in this season, to give us a clearer view of who Jesus is, and also therefore of how we can live life. Uh, John, who wrote, in whose gospel we find the I am statements, 
in uh, chapter 20 and verse 31, he says this. These are written, and you could here be writing about the I am statements. He says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. There are two things that I think God wants to do for us. He wants to help people like you and me come to a place of realising who Jesus is. But then out of that, as John says here, that we may have life. You know, Jesus came to give people like you and me life. Not only for the future, but actually right in the here and now. And when in the Bible Jesus says, I want to give you life, it's not just length of life, it's actually quality of life, right in the here, right in the now. You know, I, I don't want to minimise the challenges that many of us are facing in this season, some of them unique challenges in our lifestyle. But actually, do you know, when Jesus comes into our life, he can help you not just survive this season, but actually find ways to thrive. Today, we're going to start this series by looking at Jesus' first statement, actually summarises the I Am statements. And we're going to see in here two key truths about Jesus that will be like a foundation for the rest of the series. Uh, in John chapter 8, we see Jesus has been in a debate with some Jewish believers, actually. And they're asking Jesus this question, who are you? And they keep kind of pressing him on this question. And almost the more Jesus seems to answer that question, the more heated the debate seems to get. And it culminates in verses 58 and 59 where having had the Jews say to him, who do you really think you are? Jesus says this, he says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And then we read, it says, at that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. Now, here's the first truth. Jesus is both God and man. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that Jesus uniquely combines both attributes of humanity and divinity, that he's both fully man and fully God. Now, the problem for the Jews was they could only see in front of him as they were stood in front of Jesus. They could only see the man. So, so why were they angry with him? Because actually Jesus, this man stood in front of them, is making himself out not just to be a man, but actually to be God. See, when he uses that phrase to describe himself, those two, two words, I am, he is making direct reference to a particular passage in the Old Testament that his Jewish readers would have known really well, where Moses had been asking God, what's your name? And here we read God's response to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. God says this, he says, I am who I am. And then he says to Moses, this is what you are to say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So here it is. God reveals himself to Moses as I am. And that phrase in the original Hebrew language, which is what the Old Testament is written in, is actually just four letters, four consonants, Y-H-W-H, which has been translated variously as, as Yahweh or Jehovah. Now this, these four consonants, Yahweh, as we may pronounce it today, this is the holy name of God. And for the Jews, this name was so holy, they wouldn't even say that name out loud. It was so precious to them. Now, what does it mean? Well, it's, it's a difficult phrase to actually accurately translate because it's so rich. It means that it can be translated as I am who I am. In other words, this is God. 
God eternal, God with no beginning and no end, the God who is undefined by anyone or anything else. You could, you could say it means I will be what I will be. In other words, this, this is the Lord who is self-existent. Now, just to underline the link between what Jesus says and what God said to Moses, a little bit of Greek for you. So the Hebrew word Yahweh sorry, can be translated into Greek as ego, amy. At least that's the way you say it in Huddersfield. Now, guess what was the exact same phrase in Greek that Jesus used for himself? Yeah, ego, amy. In other words, why were the Jews angry with him? Why did they pick up stones to kill him? Because Jesus is saying, ego, amy, that's me. I am, yeah, fully man, as you see before you, but also fully God. Now, as John says elsewhere, speaking about Jesus, he says this, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one, he's talking about Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Wow. Here, we have God and man brought together. That when you see Jesus, you are seeing God in human flesh. Now, before the Jews' eyes, here he is, he's, he's fully human. And yet he's saying, I am God. And for the time when Jesus lived on earth, he, as it says in Philippians, he set aside his divinity. But he was still, in essence, still fully man and fully God. Here's the good news. God has walked on planet earth. He understands you and he understands me because he's walked in our shoes. He's, in a sense, he's lived our life. He, he's a God who can be touched, a God who can be seen, a God who can be experienced. But he is God. Jesus is also God. He has all the attributes of God. He knows everything. He can do anything. He's all-powerful. And now, by the Holy Spirit, he is everywhere present. This is wondrous. Jesus is both God and man. You know, I want to encourage you in this season to make this Jesus, who we might call the God-man, make him your reference point. If you like, make him your true north for life. I don't know if you've ever been out walking and got lost. Maybe you can remember the days before lockdown when we were allowed to go out for long walks. I remember one when I was in my late teens, early 20s, when I was on holiday with a few friends of mine and we were walking in the Derbyshire Hills. And on one day, one particular day, we'd come to the end of a long walk and we were pretty tired and we reached this ridge and we knew that we either had to go right or we had to go left. Now, the truth was we weren't very good with a map or a compass, so there was much kind of moving of the map around and trying to work out what the compass did. And in the end, we kind of agreed, yeah, we'd, we'd go left. Unfortunately, we should have gone right. So we ended up, we, we walked for, I don't know, another three miles or so, getting increasingly annoyed with each other, disorientated and frustrated. And I, I probably can't repeat in a church setting some of the words that were said to each other. Now, wh why did we end up like that? Well, here's the reason. Because there was only one person in our team who was actually able to use a compass and a map, and he was back in the car. We left him there. We didn't know how to find true north, and because we couldn't find true north, we ended up going the wrong way. You know, we want someone in this season who, in fact, in every season of life, who can point us to the right way to live. 
And Jesus, as both God and man, has all the attributes we want. He's near enough to understand us, but he's above it all to enable us to see what lies ahead and stay at a place of peace and strength. I want to encourage you in this season, make Jesus your true north. You know, if you've never done that, then today, why not take the opportunity to put him first in your life? Or for those of us for whom Jesus is already the centre of our lives, can I encourage you in this season, let's make sure that we're keeping our lives focused on him. Not just kind of occasionally pointing towards Jesus as true north, but actually living our lives, doing everything we can to keep our heart fixed on him, drawing from his power and his strength. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is God and man. But actually there's something equally wonderful in this name, I am. Because we can say also that Jesus is the key to life. Now, I don't know what you're finding in this season is really helping you get through it. For me, I've been maximizing the walks, getting out there using the the full time I can. Uh, I'm reading a massive novel called Shogun. Some of you will be old enough to remember that book. And, uh, And I'm doing jigsaws, incredibly cool things, I know. I've also been inspired. I love the way Brits kind of get stuck into seasons like this. You know, I've been borrowing discipline from Joe Wicks. I've been inspired by the the 99-year-old Captain Tom Moore doing laps of his garden and raising the last I saw, 23 million pounds for the NHS. And I've been enjoying the slightly odd. Don't know how many of you have picked up the story of the village of Belper in Derbyshire, where they're not satisfied to go out once a week to to bang pans for the NHS, but they're actually out every evening at half six where they moo like cows. Now, I have really honestly no idea why they're doing that, but it looks like a lot of fun. Do you know, though, when Jesus offers himself as the key to life, helpful as those things are, what Jesus offers us is so much richer than those things. Because in effect, what he's saying is he comes to offer himself to help us in this season. Every one of the separate I am's that we're going to be looking at reveals another element of who he is and who he wants to be to us. In fact, if you go back to that passage in in Exodus 3, where God reveals this name, and we can translate it in different ways, here's another way of translating it, that it could be, I am who I am for you, or I will be what I will be for you. And it's that little phrase, God offers himself. Jesus offers himself, his permanent power, his presence, his love, his kindness, his strength, his wisdom, himself to us for you and for me. You see, the key to life, I'd say in this season, in fact, in any season, it's not really found ultimately in a particular activity or book or person, helpful as those things can be. It's actually found in a person, in Jesus Christ. If you're tired, he wants to be your strength. If you're anxious, he wants to bring you peace. If you're confused, he wants to direct you. I've been a Christ follower now for nearly 40 years. And during that time, I've had my fair share of ups and downs. And maybe this has been one of the most challenging seasons of life. And I think some of you will be familiar with how... uh, Our world has adopted acronyms to describe different seasons of life. Maybe some of you can remember yuppies. Remember that? Young, upwardly mobile professionals. It's possible that some of you right now feel like you're kippers. 
kids in parents' pockets eroding retirement savings. I hope not. Now, over my last 40 years, I've been a sink, single income, no kids. I've been a dinky, double income, no kids yet. I've been a silk, single income, lots of kids. Well, two actually. And right now, I'm enjoying being a mammal, M-A-M-I-L, middle-aged man in Lycra, because I love going on my bike. But you know, whatever the season of life has been, there's been one consistent theme. And that's been, whatever the challenge has been, whatever the situation has been, that as long as I've stayed close to Jesus, I've been able to not just handle the season, but often grow and thrive in it. Now, I can almost hear some of you saying, well, how does that happen? Surely we know Jesus is no longer on the earth, that according to the Bible, he's now at the right hand of the Father. So how how can I, in 21st century Britain, in my house, how can I actually connect to Jesus? Well, the good news is that the Holy Spirit is here to help us connect with Jesus. So that Jesus, the God-man who's in heaven right now, he can become real to you and me by the Holy Spirit, if you like. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is the bridge between my life and his life. In Ephesians 1.17, Paul prays this great prayer. And you might want to pray this in this season. He says, I keep asking. Now that's a key. Okay, this is not a one-off. This is an ongoing thing. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And that's the key, okay, to know him. When Paul writes that, that word know is experience him. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's where you are right now. There's nowhere that you can go that he isn't present. And he wants to help you connect with Jesus. And all we have to do is turn to him, turn to Jesus as our true north, and invite the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you make Jesus real to me? And I want to encourage you, whether, you've, whether you're not yet a Christian or you've been a Christian many years, in this season, regularly ask the Holy Spirit to help you get to know Jesus better. You know, I don't know what season you're in right now, how you'd describe it, whether you count yourself a sink or a silk or a yuppie or a kipper, whatever it is. But you know, whatever it is, whatever challenges you're facing, Jesus wants to meet that challenge. Now, I want to encourage you to join us for the rest of this series as we unpack who Jesus says he is. But as I, as I read out this list of I am statements, I wonder which one most applies to you right now. Let me just read them out. Jesus says this. He says, I am the bread of life, bringing fulfillment in an empty world. I am the light, bringing hope in a dark world. I am the good shepherd, bringing guidance in a lost world. I am the resurrection who gives life to a dying world. I am the truth, bringing clarity in a confused world. I am the vine, giving belonging in a lonely world. I wonder what you need today. Is it one of those? Do you need fulfillment? Do you need hope? Do you need direction? Do you need life? Whatever it is, maybe it's something else. But whatever it is that you need today, Jesus wants to meet you in that need. The God-man, he wants to draw alongside you as the one who's fully a man, who understands who you are and what you're going through. But then as God, he wants to give you everything that you need 
to thrive in this season. And I want to say to you, fresh, make him your true north and invite the Holy Spirit to come and reveal Jesus to you. You know, as I bring this message to a close, I want to end by leading us in a, in a short, simple prayer. And in this prayer, what we'll be doing is doing those two things. He's really saying, first of all, Jesus, we acknowledge we need you. We're humbling ourselves. We're recognizing you're God and we're not, and we need your help. Inviting him to come into our lives, either for the first time or, again, surrendering to him afresh. But then we're going to ask him, too, for the help of the Holy Spirit to come and equip us and open the eyes of our hearts in this season. So as I pray this prayer slowly, it will appear on your screen. Why don't you join with me as I pray? And wherever you are, make this prayer your prayer. So here we go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today I humble myself and confess my need of you. I acknowledge that you are God. I choose to surrender all I am to you. Come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of my heart so that Jesus' presence and power may be real to me. In your name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm thrilled for you. Maybe it was for the first time or to come back to him. I'm so pleased for you. Do you know, we'd love to help you in this time of lockdown. We'd really love to, to get some great resources to you that we hope will help you take next steps with this Jesus and, and really get to know him. A link will appear on the screen and I want to encourage you as soon as possible, let us know about the decision that you've made today and our team will get to you just as quickly as they can to help you. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. We're now going to uh, close our time together by singing a fantastic song, which is all about Jesus, called His Beautiful Name. And as you sing this, I want to encourage you, make it a confident declaration of your trust in Jesus. God bless you.